Mindfulness Mode 119. The ripple effect that will have um, through your own world, through the entire world, and, and I like to look at it even through eternity. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have H. Guthrie Chamberlain on the line today. Hey, Guthrie, are you in mindfulness mode? I am indeed. It's a beautiful day here in Marietta, Ohio. The blue skies and the sun shining and just really peaceful here um, at the big house. H. Guthrie Chamberlain III helps you build your living legacy. He and his wife, Paula, are specialists in entrepreneurship with exceptional wisdom and insight that enable their clients to successfully create and build their legacies. Their company, Venture Consulting Group Incorporated, helps businesses maximize profitability and cash flow with efficiency. Guthrie is also a strong, devoted Christian who teaches and shares through his podcast, Wisdom Dash Track. What does mindfulness actually mean to you, Guthrie? Well, mindfulness to me is to being present in today and just being realizing that today holds so many treasures for us that if we miss today by being too rushed or too hectic, that we're going to miss the treasures that today holds. So it's very important just to be mindful of each day of everyone that we impact. So it's it's mindfulness mode to me is just being current in the, the present moment. And so that is a great description of it. But we get so many things on our to-do list, don't we, Guthrie? And I know (laughs) you have a lot of things. So how do we keep that fine line in between, you know, we're just driven to achieve all these tasks. And at the same time, we want to be enjoying the journey. We want to be relaxed. We want to have a, a sense of our faith as we move along, because that's one of the things you share with us on your podcast. How do we achieve that fine goal, that fine line? It certainly is a fine line, Bruce, because I'm a somewhat driven person, and some would say a very driven person, but to be able to accomplish what I would like to, uh, like to or driven to, and also to realize that that's not the most important thing in life, but the most important thing is the impact that we're having on others. And if we're running too helter-skelter or hectic each day, then we miss those opportunities to truly impact others um, in, in the manner that we really should. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we can really make such a difference in the world if we set out to help people. That's one of the things I like to do, and I know you do too. So tell us some of the different ways you help people in the world. Well, part of the that is just being a, a good and godly father and grandfather now, and to help my children, although they are all grown, uh, they continue to come to me as a mentor, so to be have an impact on them as they're adults now, and then starting to have an impact on our grandchildren. We have six so far, and just be able to impact their lives. That's my first inner circle, but branching out from there, those that are clients within our consulting business that we work with, we just have a handful that we work with closely, so we aren't too spread out to there, but we help them in their business and their organizations, so having an impact there. And then on a 
even greater circle than that through the Wisdom Trek podcast that we produce on a three-day-per-week basis now, uh, just to being able to reach those lives of, of the listeners and to help them to remind, to remind them to, to keep focused on what's really important in life. And today you were talking about poverty, the episode I was listening to. Yes. And, you know, that is is really a challenging topic for many because, as you described it, we make so many choices in our lives. And those choices determine many times our poverty or our wealth, our situation. How can we use mindfulness to make sure that we are living a successful and healthy life financially and at the same time we're not being greedy and so self-focused on money that it becomes a problem i think that for me it boils down to so many people especially in uh, in our western culture are so used to obtaining things that they they may not really need and so many people are willing to go into debt to purchase those items um, there's few very few necessities in life and i think we need to keep focused on what's truly important, what's truly necessary. And if we do that, then financially we will be much more solid. We won't get into the situations where we're borrowing for things that we don't need. And, and any time that we purchase something, what we don't realize, I think, most of the time, and whether it's a house or a car or anything else that you purchase, is the more that you own, the more that you're owned by those possessions. And to have that, if the cycle becomes, you almost become a slave to those possessions. And to do so, then you have to have a hectic lifestyle of producing enough income to cover those items that you've purchased. And that does not leave us room for mindfulness to step back and say, no, there's more important things in life than things. And to be able to reflect on life as in a mindful manner realizing that it's nice to have possessions if you can afford it and do so without going into debt. But it's also more important to have those relationships of people that you impact and that can impact you in a positive and meaningful way. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, those relationships are so important, but so is the relationship with ourselves. And I know as a Christian, prayer is very important to you. I talk a lot to a lot of interviewees about meditation. Is prayer your form of meditation? It's my primary form of meditation, but also uh, studying God's Word, because I speak to God through prayer, um, rarely have I ever had any type of audible response, and usually it's probably just a voice <laughs> in my head. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but the response from God back to me is through His Word. So I spend a lot of time studying His Word. I'm a student of, of the Bible. And one of the most important aspects as a believer for me is that the fruit of God's Spirit and God's love is represented in me and showing forth in me. And there's a, a verse in Galatians chapter um, 5, verses 22 and 23, that gives us exactly what the fruit is of the Spirit if we are in tune with God, if we're mindful of God in our lives. And it starts out with love, which is the all-encompassing um, fruit, but then it goes on to joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
as the nine attributes of having the fruit of the Spirit in your life. So I try to really meditate on those aspects in my life and my responses to others and my responses to myself. I consider those nine attributes and saying, is this response reflective of those attributes? As my reaction to somebody that I'm dealing with and maybe on a negative basis, is it representative of those, those nine attributes in my life? So that really helps me to stay mindful, to stay focused on what's really important so that I don't uh, say things or do things that would be out of my, my true spirit and not in, the, in a spirit of mindfulness. Right. And that takes us to self-control, one of the nine attributes. So is self-control the same as discipline for you, Guthrie? It's very, very closely aligned with discipline, yes, because if you're an undisciplined person, then you don't have the self-control. And and I like to look at it as the, and I use it in one of the talks that I gave, I used it as an analogy of a wheel with love being the hub of that wheel and the um, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness being the spokes of the wheel and then self-control being the actual tire on that wheel because you need all three components in order to run uh, smoothly in your life. And But it does take that self-control, that discipline, to keep all the other attributes in line in a straight way so that you can have a smooth ride in life. Right. And let's talk about patience and how mindfulness can help us with patience in our lives. Patience is not necessarily the ability to be calm while waiting, but it's the ability to understand that life and many things in life does uh, take time. And patience or the lack thereof is usually born or stems out of a selfish desire because we want something more than we want to wait for it, or we feel that our priorities are more important than somebody else's priorities, whether that's driving in a car behind somebody that's driving slower than you would like to go, or or um, just being impatient with anything in life. It's usually uh, stems are born out of a, a selfish desire of some sort, and we need to step back and say, you know, one, is it important? Um, and if so, how can I be patient during this time in order to be mindful and reflective of what my true purpose in life is so that I can, uh, once again, make that meaningful impact on the lives of others? So patience is, is a very integral part of being mindful. Right. It it really is. And there's a lot of crossover here because some of the things that you said about patience apply to peace. But how can we have a deeper peace in our lives? For me, it stems back from my faith, uh, because to have a peace in my life, I have to realize that, first of all, I'm not in control of everything and I can't control everything. And my faith rests in God who does control it all. So even when things don't go well for me or don't go according to my plans, I can be at peace because I realize that uh, I do have a sovereign God who does understand, one, what I'm going through, whether it's struggles, hardships, or, or even good times, and two, that he has an ultimate purpose that's more important for me than what my perceived concept of, of what I should have in my life is. 
And it gives me a sense of peace and a sense of uh, relaxation and mindfulness that I think it would be, I would struggle with otherwise if I didn't have that, that faith that I have in my life. Right. And I know different people find it in different ways, but it really comes across that you truly have peace in your life, Guthrie, when I hear you on your podcast. And what about joy? What gives you the most joy in your life? To me, joy is, I I find the most joy in serving other people. Uh, Just to be able to provide for them in some way, whether it's a, a helping hand or or some sort of monetary assistance if they happen to need it, or just to do something kind or nice for somebody, whether it's um, Paula, my wife, which is, is important that, that I treat her with utmost respect and, and kindness at all times. And then my children and grandchildren, uh, making sure that, that I help those. And to me, I, I think it stems out of at least what I, I try to have as a servant attitude uh, brings me joy because I can see the benefits in their lives. And, and that brings me a, a certainly a, a sense of joy that I have being able to provide for others and to assist others. Well, you really are a family man, and you've got your big celebration coming tomorrow, your your family celebration. And family can sometimes present challenges because, you know, we have conflicts sometimes. We don't always agree on how things are done. How can we use mindfulness to really, truly have great family relationships? That that is a great point, Bruce. Because yes, even though uh, we are one of the same family, there we have different opinions and different uh, views of life. And sometimes, if we get in situations, those differences can be accentuated. Um, just even stemming from a sibling rivalry, I had uh, grew up in a family of ten kids, um, so I have um, nine siblings, and just the sibling rivalry from even that stems from growing up can be a a point of conflict at times, even as adults, as we get together. And just our our various views, although we were a family of faith, uh, we do view things in a manner of faith uh, a little bit different um, from one to another. So to me, and I may have to practice it this weekend with family coming in, is to uh, be a peacemaker for me is is important. If conflicts do arise or if things I, I feel may lead to potential conflicts to be able to step in and help us to focus on the situation of what's more important is the time that we can be together and spend together um, here on earth and to be able to enjoy each other as uh, family members and be able to to defuse any potential um, conflict that, that might possibly arise. And to me, to be mindful of, of that potential there of conflict, but also be mindful that I can play a role in making sure that, that at all points that we focus on what's important and remain at peace during that time. Those are some really great points, Guthrie. We need to be peacemakers to deal head on with conflicts, to learn to focus on the situation. I actually have a series of five guided meditations which can can help you, Mindful Tribe, to be more focused, be able to live in the moment. It's called Fine-Tune Your Focus. Each meditation allows you to use audio only or a gentle video to calm you and help you become more grounded. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com slash focus, enter your name and email, and you'll get your free 
guided meditations. That's mindfulnessmode.com slash focus. You know that I've worked in bullying prevention for a period of time, Mm -hmm. over a decade actually. And I'm just wondering if you have a story that involves bullying where mindfulness would have made a positive difference. Well, with 10 kids in our family, um, although I don't couldn't recall a time where I was really bullied significantly um, during, say, growing up at school. Um, certainly in the sibling rivalry, we had our own um, internal bullying at times w- within the family. We all had um, nicknames for each other that was may have not been always um, the best nicknames that we could have had for others. As I was growing up during my adolescent years, uh, my nose grew faster than the rest of my body. I was, a, I still am, and, and certainly was then a very a person short of stature. So I was nicknamed Noses or the Nose, and because uh, my nose was accentuated with the growth from during my adolescent years. And although I know it was sort of in fun jesting and um, teasing, you know, those type of things do hurt. And I joke about it now and, you know, I can understand why some of the times we were teasing, but I can also look back at myself and, and where I was probably less than, than courteous to my brothers and sisters and in the way I treated them and, and, and the form bullying them. Um, I have a brother that's two years younger than me. I had two older sisters. I'm the oldest boy and I had a brother two years younger than me. And he and I were sort of the big boys. Then our third brother, Jack, was sort of in the middle, and the rest were the little boys. So uh, I know at times Jack got a lot of ribbing because he just sort of was stuck in there in the middle of the, the boys, and, and it um, was difficult for him at times, and I probably didn't handle situations during those times as well as I should have. Interesting that you say that. Yeah, I have two older brothers, two younger brothers, so I'm the middle boy, and uh, I have two two younger sisters as well. And I know that that verbal bullying, you know, the name calling and that, it can be made out to just be for fun. It's just like kidding around. But at the same time, some of that stuff really does hurt. And I know that experts have done research and found out that that seventy percent of bullying actually starts with some of those verbal jabs. And so I think it is important to monitor in our young people the kinds of ways they're referring to each other and, and that name calling or, or making up a name for someone that's less than complimentary is really not a good thing to do. So I would no, certainly, it's not. certainly it, agree it, with that. As parents, I think we it behooves us to train our children to be mindful of that, not to call other people that are different or may have features that we don't have um, by those names. That they, it's important to the, do that. And also, as parents, I think it's, it's crucial that we prepare our children that not everyone will treat us nicely and that our value is not based on what others think of us, but what uh, we truly are inside. And to, to understand that even if life uh, at times we are treated less than ideal, um, that our values not stemmed on whether other people think about us, but what we think about ourselves. Yeah, good point. Let's talk about life in the business world. Do you ever remember any kind of difficult relationships that might have been construed as bullying in the business world? I do, because we had a technology business for almost 18 years. Um, 
and ended up having to close that down. And part of that was we, we took on a couple partners that one, I would say, it was, was a, a couple, and they just had a very small company that we acquired, but he tended to be a bit bully in his approach to not only employees, but also at times to me in order to get his way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a big guy, and I was a, a, you know short in stature, so I think for him that was part of that um, influence of, of his stature over mine. It really didn't impact me other than I don't, you know, that type of mindset and bullying I have a hard time dealing with because it's not fair um, to try to exert, exude your um, force over somebody else in, in an uncommon un, um, way. Um, and just part of that, I think, is the truthfulness of people in business at times can be a, a, even relate back to bullying because if somebody's untruthful with you, then they're not treating you with the respect that they they should have. It's true. Truthfulness, honesty is really huge. And it's really huge uh, as far as what we think of ourselves. And I never thought about this so much until the last few years that sometimes we think of ourselves as being very honest, upstanding people, but maybe we're not being totally honest with ourselves and some of the thoughts that we have about ourselves. So what what do you think about that, Guthrie? That is spot on, Bruce, because we tend to delude ourselves more than we delude anyone else. And, you know, we, we like to have an image of ourselves at times that may not be all that truthful. And, and I can, can actually, with all sincerity, be thankful to Paula, my wife, because she is usually very keen to pick up on times where I may think more highly of myself than I ought um, and to help me to make sure that I keep that in check because it does, it doesn't do me any good to have an, a skewed perspective on myself. And it certainly doesn't do uh, the people that I deal with any good if I have a skewed perspective of, my, of myself. And to me, especially as I've grown older, to realize that even if people respond inappropriately or lash out toward me, I need to step back instead of reacting and to realize that, you know, what's maybe really going on in their lives that they're reacting in this way or they're acting out in this way. And to be mindful of that so that I don't respond inappropriately when they may be dealing, somebody else may be dealing with an issue that I'm not completely unaware of and I need to be really sensitive to. That's a good point. We're headed to podcast movement next week. I know you're going to be a speaker there. Would you mind sharing a little glimmer of what you're going to be talking about at podcast movement? Yeah, I will. And and I feel both humbled and extremely honored to be able to, to have the opportunity to speak. And the session that I'll do, it's one of the PMX sessions. That they're very short, 15-minute, succinct sessions. And I'm going to talk about the 10 truths that that you need to build your living legacy through podcasting. So I'm going to go through 10 points, and and they're very internal points of what we need to be or have as a mindset in order to truly have an impact and create a living legacy um, through our podcast, because it's a medium like no other at this point in time that we've never had an opportunity in the past to be able to reach so many people Um, through the means of podcasting. 
Yeah, that's really true. And I love how you talk about building your legacy, your living legacy in your life. You talk about that on your podcast. And you also do a lot of storytelling. And when I say that, I mean, you tell us things about what you're doing in your life, about your your reno projects and, and different things. You, you really seem very, very comfortable sharing with us. So could you talk about sharing, storytelling, just being yourself? and being vulnerable and how you we can be mindful and do that and just be relaxed about it. I think storytelling is is one of the greatest means of, of reaching and impacting other people. Um, and one of the master storytellers it was Jesus Christ and his stories and analogies and parables that he told. And to me, being able to be authentic, one, in my life, because I'm no different than anyone else. I have no special talent or abilities. Um, I'm just an average guy with a, with a passion to impact other people. And through the means of stories, I find that I can relate to people, and not only my stories of my own life, but tying in stories of life in general into um, the podcast in order to make more of a story format of it so that we can use it to relate on a, a base level with, with people um, in order to just to present to them some truths that we may have heard about, but we really don't grasp until it is in a story form so that we can understand it more fully, understand that, yes, we're all the same. We all have this, some of the same issues and, and um, struggles that we deal with. But through that all, we can uh, make a difference in our world, even if it's a small difference just to the people around us. What most of us don't realize is the ripple effect that, that will have um, through your own world, through the entire world. And, and I like to look at it even through eternity because the only lasting thing on earth here is the impact that we'll have on the gen- generations to come that can have a, a impact on their generation. So that is the, the lasting impact that we and me in particular hope to have on, on eternity. Wow. And that just kind of almost sends shivers just thinking about it. Not just the ripple effect right here on earth now, but in eternity. So it's true. We really can change people's lives and change the way things are for people. Guthrie, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? I would have to say the single person that's influenced me the most is probably my dad. He has a a love and zest for life. Um, my mom has passed away, but my dad still is at 85 and still enjoys life. And he's, he's a simple man. And Paulo says that I get my simpleness from him, which I don't mind because life can be enjoyable and we don't have to overcomplicate it. So I think my dad probably had the biggest influence on me. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? It allows me to step back and relax when otherwise I might be uptight, just to be able to look at life from a larger perspective and what's most important in life opposed to what struggles I might be going on through on a particular moment, on a particular day. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Breathing is a great way when you are uptight or, or tense about something, just to step back 
breathe deeply, meditate a little bit, close your eyes and pause, just to give yourself a chance to reflect and refocus on what's really important. So if you could recommend a book that's related to mindfulness, what would that be? To me, it would be some of the Psalms within the Bible, um, just some of their reflections of mindfulness. Um, I am a student of the book of Proverbs also, but those are more practical tips. So I would think some of the reflective Psalms within the Scripture, to me, are very important to help us to reflect on life properly. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? For me, it's, I use the YouVersion Bible app, and as part of my meditation every morning, as part of my devotional time, I have, uh, right now I'm currently going through four different uh, short devotionals every morning, and it helps me to just set my day properly so that I'm in a proper mindset uh, for beginning each day. So what advice would you give a person who's new to mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? I think on that would be just to realize that life is a marathon, that we don't have to accomplish everything that we need to get done today, to look at life from a larger perspective, and to step back at times and reflect, relax, get the bigger picture, keep the bigger picture in mind so that each day we can move forward, but not at a hectic pace where all we're doing is rushing um, from one thing to another without taking time to be mindful and type, taking time to relax and enjoy life. Right. And you really teach us to do that on your podcast. So could you share with us, Guthrie, how we can learn more about what you do and maybe connect with you? Yeah, my podcast is called Wisdom-Trek and the website's wisdom-trek.com. And that's a big good place to start. My podcasts are um, scripted podcasts so that each day's podcast is also in a journal form. So if you uh, like to read along with the podcast, um, it's available on the, the website. And I'm also putting together a, a series of devotionals um, on a monthly basis. I have the first one completed and just working on the second one right now from the first year. The first year of our podcast, we did a daily podcast. So we have 367 episodes available that I'm putting into a journal, a monthly journal. At the end of each of the day's podcasts, I have a uh, just a quick questionnaire, a quick, quick fill-in-the-blank devotional or meditational sheet to help us to reflect on that day's podcast. That is going to be excellent. So thank you for putting that together. Yeah, That's great. Well, thank you also at such a busy time with your reunion coming up tomorrow. Thank you so much for being with us. All the best to you. Have a great time tomorrow, Guthrie. Thank you so much, Bruce. It's an honor to be on your podcast. And I just pray that um, my time here will be impactful to your listeners and also help them to be in a mindfulness mode each day. Thanks so much, Guthrie. Bye now. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. Thanks so much for joining us here on Mindfulness Mode. Want more focus? Be like my guests. Get some meditation happening in your life. I've created five free videos to help you get started at meditating. Just for you, Mindful Tribe, with simple yet inspiring video. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com slash focus. 
Enter your name and email so you can get started right away. That's mindfulnessmode.com slash focus. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.